Blog Talk Radio. Hi there, I'm Mary Eileen Williams at Feisty Side of 50 Radio, and this show is a celebration of baby boomers who are embracing life as we grow older. And one of the special aspects of aging is having the perspective to contemplate our own end of life and therefore live more fully and consciously. And on that note, we have a very special guest joining us today, Barbara Becker. Barbara is an interfaith minister who has written an award-winning book that is both a meaningful and an inspiring guide. Her focus is on helping us to use our own death as a reminder that each day is a gift and one that needs to be cherished. Her book is called Heartwood, The Art of Living with the End in Mind, and boy, am I thrilled she's joining us today. Welcome, Barbara. I can't wait to get uh, talking to you. (laughs) Oh, it's so wonderful to be on your program. Thank you for having me. Well, I want to let everybody know at first off that your book, as I'd mentioned, is inspiring, but it's also a call to action. So I want to congratulate you and thank you for sharing such an important reminder with us readers. You know, we live in such a death-shy culture. I mean, we are so afraid to talk about what actually is a natural part of our life cycle And I wanted to write Heartwood to talk about loss, but also to talk about resilience and about hope. Well, and I mentioned before we went on air, this book, as far as I'm concerned, belongs in every Baby Boomers Library. We used to think of, you know, call ourselves the forever young generation, but we got to kind of give that up at this point. <laughs> but it is such a, <laughs> you know, really, I, I want to quote from your introduction because it touched me immediately. You wrote that being open to death is a powerful way to learn about living. And not only is that true, but also your the title Heartwood means something very special. So tell us a little bit about why you chose that title and what it means to you. I lost both of my parents, one right after the other, a few years back. And I was bereft. Um, and I've always found solace in nature. So my husband and I were out walking in an old growth forest, and I learned that inside the pillar of every tree is this solid core called heartwood. It's the part that's most durable, that's prized by woodworkers for its strength. But what most people don't know is that heartwood is actually inert. It's dead. It no longer participates in the flow of water and nutrients up and down the tree. But for the growth rings of the tree to grow, they need that solid internal core of the heartwood. And it struck me that we people are a lot like the trees. And the people who we've loved and who we've lost form our heartwood. And we derive strength from what remains in our memories and our love for them that goes on and on in spite of the fact that they're not here in physical form. 
Wow. Well, I, you know, that again, the the title, I wanted to make sure that we, I had a chance to ask you about it because that in and of itself, you know, brings out a lot of meaning to people. And I love the way you chose it. And and again, how you use that as an inspiration to write more about the book. But you're right, this topic, uh, even, you know, my generation who are, you know, getting older and, and have lost, already lost friends and relatives and all, but it's a topic many of us want to avoid. It took, must have taken you some courage to decide to delve into this and share it as your, as your work. You know, I think that our vulnerability and our openness to talking about the hard parts of life is really a key to living fully and richly. Uh, I came to this topic because of a dear, dear friend, my earliest childhood friend, whose name was Marissa. And she unfortunately never got to live the feisty side of 50, but uh, she had uh, breast cancer. And when she was given her last year to live, She lived by example. When she went off, she went to um, Italy, which is where her family was originally from, between chemo sessions, and she spent such quality time with the people of her life. I was so inspired by her last year to live that I went off and lived my own question you know, what would I do if I had one year left to live? Um, I was pretty anxious. I have to tell you that. I mean, losing her made me think about losing my parents one day. I thought about my own mortality. And then I learned that sages and saints throughout the ages, from the Dalai Lama Buddha and back and forth, the Stoic philosophers, Marcus Aurelius and Seneca, the wisdom holders of Judeo-Christian traditions, they have all advised us to live fully by turning around and facing death rather than running away from it. You know, I, I was inspired by Steve Jobs. Um, he He was, of course, from Apple, and he died an early death, but what he said before he died is extraordinary. He said that death is very likely the single best invention of life. It is life change agent. Wow. Well, I'm reading your book. I got goosebumps and and hearing you speak. I've got, I I think some people call them truth chills, but I I can feel the goosebumps right now because you're so right. And rather than avoid the topic of death because of fear or other reasons, the more that we actually can embrace it really does help us live lives that have a lot more meaning. It really does. And we don't have to take on the big, heavy deaths right away. I mean, if we choose to look at loss, we can look at loss of all kinds. Um, Some people, especially during the pandemic, have loss upon loss, one on top of the other. And some people who've read this book have said to me, you know, this makes me think about the loss of my marriage my job, you know, my home. Um, 
someone even told me that she was dealing with the loss of a precious piece of family jewelry that she'll never get back. And all of these things provide us with an opportunity to practice stuff. I mean, even saying goodbye to our loved ones every day, I mean, perhaps we're standing in the kitchen or working at our computer, but I've come to realize that that is a moment when someone walks out that door to stop what I'm doing and to really send my love and blessings to them for the day. Oh, my. And I know, too, you have become, as I mentioned in the introduction, an ordained interfaith minister. So I would assume you're drawing from, you know, the wisdom to be found in both organized religion and then more spiritual practices. But do you mind sharing? I would assume you've got some spiritual practices that you do maybe on a regular or daily basis or minute by minute. But have you? do you mind sharing some that might be helpful to those of us listening to you? Sure, and I would absolutely add, because I know you're an expert in people seeking new careers after the age of 50, but my interest in interfaith ministry was a midlife career pivot, and I went back to seminary because I was so moved by the way that people gain strength um, from the stories and parables and faith and prayers of traditions, as you mentioned, you know, the ones, the big ones, and also the spiritual traditions where we might say be touched by going out in nature ourselves. And I have practiced deaf awareness. Um, I, I got trained by two Zen monks in how to be with the dying. And I sat with people at Bellevue Hospital, which is our biggest public hospital in New York City where I live, and they taught me so much. One thing they said that I practice every night is uh, the evening prayer that's chanted in Zen temples around the world. And it goes like this. It goes, let me respectfully remind you Life and death are of supreme importance. Time swiftly passes by and opportunity is lost. Each of us must strive to awaken. Take heed. Do not squander your life. I mean, leave it to the Zen Buddhists to tell it like it is. Do not squander your life. Oh my gosh! I'm just thinking of certain ways I've I've been squandering, and what an amazing reminder! And I I'm going to adopt that uh, you know, that practice myself because it's true. I mean, we we think we'll go on forever, or our friends, or our family, and so you have these tiffs or these minor skirmishes that can blow up out of you know out of any type of relevant proportion. And you know, I think this is such a wonderful book to read, and and I you know. I, when I'm reading your book, I'm kind of going through it, not really quickly, but slowly so I can digest each chapter and each story. And you chose amazing people to uh, share their stories with. So tell us a little bit about some of the examples. I know you mentioned your, your, your friend, but some of the other yes. people you chose to include in the book. Well, one of the hardest for me to write was actually about two miscarriages that I had had 20 years before I even wrote about it. 
Um, you know, some of these hidden losses stay with us. Um, and I truly believe that there is no hierarchy of loss. I mean, somebody who has died might have lived a rich and full life, you know, have even lived to a hundred. And it's equally as important as the children that were never born. Um, you know, I really think that if your loss is important to you, it's important to the people that you love around you. And I encourage people to, to start small, perhaps to hold a book club, to talk to one another. Um, there are things called death over dinner and death cafes around the world now where people are sitting down together and talking openly about death. Um, so I, I wrote about them. I wrote about several hospice patients that I worked with. Um, and I also wrote about my dear Aunt Beverly who died during the COVID pandemic when we were not able to be with her. But I said my final goodbyes to her on the phone. Oh, how wonderful. Oh, my gosh, Barbara. Well, you definitely have given me goosebumps several times. You've inspired me. And I'm going to finally end this, well, not totally end this, but kind of bring our, our discussion to a close because uh, we do have to go. But I, I would like to ask you the hugest question, the most shocked, because this book is so rich and so big and so full. But did you have any, like, real important points that you want your readers to get out of the book when they pick it up? I would like people to think, if they can, about the fact that death might seem taboo, but as soon as we start opening up, we find that people can't stop talking because the richness of life where the light gets in is often from the places where we have had our cracks, you know? The cracks are where the light gets in, goes the famous song. And I have found in writing Heartwood and reflecting on these losses that that's absolutely true. So I just wish all of your listeners well, and I hope that they take a tiny step in this direction. Well, with your book in hand, it will be not a tiny step, but a giant leap for mankind, borrowing from someone else's phrase. Oh, this has been such a delight. Before we close, though, I know you have a website, so please let our listeners know where they can find out more about you, your work, and really, I would encourage everybody, please grab your own copy of Heartwood, The Art of Living with the End in Mind. I can be found at barbarabecker.com, and my favorite retailer for the book is uncommongoods.com. Well, wonderful. Oh, Barbara, I've been looking forward to this interview so much, and I can't thank you. You have truly inspired me, and I know you've inspired those who are lucky enough to hear your words. So thank you for your time, your energy, and your real insight into what's really important in life and sharing that with us. Thank you.
And just one more reminder for all of you out there, the name of the book is Heartwood, The Art of Living with the End in Mind. Reading about the life and death journeys you're going to find in the book are going to make for a wonderful, kind, and loving gift to yourself. But also, if if you have loved ones uh, that you want to spend uh, the holidays with, bring this book along, give it to them as a gift because it will change their life and make it so much richer. So until next time, this is Mary Eileen Williams at Feisty Side of 50 Radio, saying I'll catch you later. Bye-bye.